The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Are we ready for what God has to release this season? Come on, are you ready? You know, there's an unusual fire that's been on me since the beginning of the year. And I had the Lord saying, I'm preparing an army, and there will be a shaking off of the shafts, and there will be a releasing of a pure breed, a breed that is ready to run, a breed that is ready to take over, a takeover breed, a breed that is so focused, a breed, a breed that cannot be stopped. A breed that will go all the way to the hands of the heart and do the works, the greater works, with effectiveness, with efficiency, and with excellence. A breed that will be so focused and the enemy will not be able to stop. They will run through the troops. They will do the uncommon and manifest the mighty works of God on heart. Such breed, said the Lord of hosts. Lift up your hands unto heaven. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost? Pray in the Holy Ghost. This is a Holy Ghost meeting. Every session is a Holy Ghost meeting because it takes the Holy Ghost to release such breed. Can you pray in the Holy Ghost? Come on, come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. As you are praying in the Holy Ghost, there's a stirring up going on inside of you. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Shake off every distraction. Come on, shake off every distraction. Shake off every distraction. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We are ready. That's what you are saying. You are ready. We are ready. To be prepared. We are ready to be released. We are ready to be unleashed. We are ready to manifest. We are ready. Come on, come on. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Nekiato suda papa 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 Monta kiaso sobakaya Mama 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 Lo 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 masataya papa 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 Mento sosaba we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Lift those hands upon high. Cause a rain of your spirits to flood this place. Let these sessions be a time of preparation to unleash your people to greater works. Thank you, Father. 
we give you glory. Come on, give God a shout all over the house. What about this? I want you to rejoice like this whole conference was put together for you and you alone. Tell somebody around you, say, welcome to my conference. I appreciate your support. I promise you, anywhere I go in the world, I will mention you that you sat next to me. I really appreciate you for coming around to be a part of my testimony. Come on, celebrate Jesus one more time. You may be seated. It's a joy to be with you one more time. For the very first time in the year 2018, is a, is a wonderful season for us as a ministry. Uh, we're anticipating the rest of the folks to join us. Thank God for the blessed traffic of our amazing city. But we're just going to start right away. Amen. I mean, I came in on Tuesday and I'm like, it seems this traffic went to another level. I mean, even the people that were supposed to come pick me up at the airport, they didn't come early. I had to, you know, sit and wait for them. And, you know, going back, I saw it all over the place. This afternoon, I saw it again. But thank you. Can't thank God for you. Don't you ever say thank God for me? I made it in time. I mean, um, for those of you that live near church, that's the advantage of renting near church. Somebody shout amen. Well, I'm so excited and I wish I could invite, in fact, I will invite every one of you. We're dedicating our apostolic place yeah, in Chicago. So just go to the American Embassy and mention the apostolic place. Anybody that does not know it is behind in the schedule of God. So they will give you visa, I promise you. Just mention the apostolic place, Kingsway, Chicago, and March 11 is the day, and I would like you to be part of the ceremony, if not by li if not in live, at least by live stream. You have to do night vigil that day, do it. Right? Watch it. It's, it's an occasion that you cannot afford to miss. It's a major part of our history. It's, I believe it's the launching onto a new era, this post-20 years era. So I'm excited. Are you excited? So, Chicago is here by your Mecca going forward. So, if you have not traveled to Chicago, Kings are the apostolic place, you've not traveled. Don't care if you have gone to Dubai, you have gone to Qatar. I don't know what is on with Nigeria and Qatar these days. Everybody's Qatar airline. Although, I think I have an idea of why everybody's Qataring. So, but anyway, but that's the point. If you have not come to the apostolic place, you have not traveled. So believe God, in my lifetime, I will visit that place at least once. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm so excited because the message God gave me for the course of this, uh, uh, for this whole conference is very, very apostolic in nature. It's meant to release you onto a whole new level of expression and manifestation. Are you ready? So you remember the requirement for my meeting going forward? As announced, turn on your phone, search for me on Facebook. 
If you are not my friend, become my friend now in the name of Jesus. I'm a very friendly person. So just search for Dr. K. Ejisheson. Or not my Facebook profile, Facebook page. So, I believe this meeting is streaming live there, right? So share it. There's a button called share. Share it. If you grew up where I was raised, share it. Share it. That's how we used to say No, I never said it. But that's how they used to say it. Share it. Share it. Share. At Dr. K Live. Have you done that? Let's get the word out to the nations and get the people blessed. Tomorrow evening is going to be powerful. Tomorrow morning is going to be extremely powerful. But tomorrow evening, we're believing God for amazing, amazing testimonies. So please bring sick people. Let them experience the power of God. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So have you done that? Glory to God. Let's get, get, let get the nations into the flow of God, what God is doing. Uh, the theme of this uh, conference is, somebody say pressing on. Open your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. From verse 12. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 12. Can we stand up and read God's words together tonight, church? Can we, can we start reading from verse 12? One, two, three, go. Ah, uh, can, you, can you project it on the screen so that they can follow? Because people have different translation so that there will not be jamming of translations. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Don't you like your new screen? Somebody says it's a big television. It's not television. It's LED screen. Amen. Wow. One, two, three. Know that I've attained, I've already attained, or I'm already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ, Jesus has also laid hold on me. Verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things above. Verse 14. Last verse. I praise towards go for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You may be seated. Pressing on. What does it mean to press on? To press on literally means to continue doing something in a determined way in spite of the challenges. To forge ahead, to advance in spite of of the challenges. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been called to a walk 
that will require you to know what it means to forge ahead. Here, Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, and he began to talk about the fact that, you know, not, have, not that I've attained or I've been perfected, but if there's anything that I do, I press on. I'm determined to advance. I forge ahead, irrespective of the challenges. I'm moving in the direction of an upward call upon my life. Upward call on my life. Which is in Christ Jesus. You've been saved by grace. You have become a citizen of God's kingdom. Simply by the grace of God. You didn't work for it, you didn't have it, but it was simply delivered to you on the platform of grace. But now, having received it by grace, God expects you to be able to continue. To continue in that path of grace. So this evening, I want to show you from the scriptures how to continue effectively so that you, you will not get stuck because there have been cases of people that got stuck. Some, some started very well, but they got stuck and they, they became complacent they, and, you know, they became unproductive. You will see Paul make writings, stuff like, so that we will not be ashamed at his appearance. So literally, there will be Christians that will be ashamed at his appearance. Now, I didn't say they are going to hell. They are still citizens of the kingdom. But because they, 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 they've not been able to press on to fulfill the very thing that God had the mind for their lives. Because if all that God was interested in, where your life is concerned, is making heaven, like some people assume, you should have been killed the day you got saved. Oh, you didn't hear me. Am I right? Since it's about heaven, right? God saved and said, boom. Just go and be with the Lord. But God says, there's more to your life than, you know, making heaven or going to heaven. I need you. I have something, you know, reserved for your destiny. And my prayer that in this conference, somebody is going to receive an instruction, an impartation that we unleash him for his destiny. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You are yet to start living your life. But I declare by the spirit of God that in the course of this conference, you will receive a revelation. You will receive an insight that will open you up to your destiny in the name of Jesus. And everyone under the sound of my voice that started well at some point, but you have become distracted. You have become stranded. I declare by the spirit of God, I see you reconnected back to the path of destiny, fulfilling the will and the purpose of God. The very reason why you are prayed I see you walking in it in the name of Jesus. So it's not enough to encounter Jesus. You must learn to walk in Jesus, continue in Jesus, maximize Jesus, express Jesus. Behold that Jesus intends for your destiny. I came to Nigeria for these few days so that somebody can wake up. The Bible says arise and shine for your light has come. Awake from your sleep 
somebody will wake up and say, boy, I've been sleeping. There's more to my life than this. There's more to my life than waking up 5 a.m. and coming back at, coming back at 10 p.m. There's more to my life. I was not just created to pay bills. I was not just created to build a house. Because some people think once they can build a house and have a decent car, marry the woman and have a few kids, they are successful. There is more to your life. I said there is more to your life. What kind of a low life is that? If all to your life is just about earthly things. Don't you get it? Your citizenship is of heaven. Your real asset is not what we see. There's a need to walk in that very thing that God has reserved for you. Hmm. I love the way he says it in verse 12. Philippians 3, 12. The latter part says that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. The Amplified Version says, But I press on to lay hold or grasp and make my own way that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me and made me his own. There was a reason why he paid for you. Oh, you didn't hear me. You don't just pay for something that has no value. And the amount paid is indicative of the value. If you've ever seen an auction going on, maybe on TV, you realize that there's, for certain items, some people are ready to pay any amount just to have it in their possession. They keep on raising the beat. They'll make sure everyone that wants to challenge their beat is beating. Because there is so much value to that particular article or item. I came here tonight to let you know there's so much value to your life. That everyone was willing to let go of Jesus. Just to have you as a citizen. Jesus died. Do you know what it means? Divinity took upon humanity. Not just for a period of time. Oh, Jesus became man for 33 years. No, you don't get it. He became man forever. It was not as if, you know, he resurrected and he ceased to be man. He's a resurrected man. <laughs> what if I tell you there's someone that looks like you in heaven? As he is, so are we. Oh, you didn't get. I say, as he is, so are we. He looks exactly like you. He became you to redeem you. That means there's so much value to you. You know, it was part of the constituency or the corporation that came together and said, Let us make man. It was part of us. So he knows what was put in man. Man. Is so important 
That he said, the heavens, even the heavens are the law, but the earth has he given to the sons of man or sons of men. Man was lost. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm willing to make the sacrifice. I will share in humanity. Because that's what it will take to redeem man. Because to redeem man, you have to be a man. <laughs> Divinity could not redeem humanity. It would have been illegal. The devil would have, been, would have had the right to protest. No, you cannot pay the price. Because you are no man. <laughs> so Jesus literally had to be what? Man. <laughs> and he did not just become man temporarily. He became man forever. Of course, we call him God. He's forever God. But he's not just forever God. He's now forever man. <laughs> so he shares, he shared in our humanity. Why would anything, anyone do that if there's no value to man? There are so many creatures. Look around you. Beautiful creatures. When you go to the zoo, you see all manner of, you know, the beautiful birds. I don't know if you love going to zoos. You don't go to zoo again? So I say, what's the point? Visiting animals that I cannot eat. <laughs> the only ones I fellowship with are in the one in my what? Pot. If they are not in my pot, that's the zoo of my house. <laughs> if they cannot pass through my mouth, I'm not interested in them. So why am I looking at them? When I see animal, I see meat. If animal rights people, if they catch you, I will even, I will, I will do disclaimer for you. I say, I, I know him not. <laughs> I don't know him. But really, when you go to zoo, you see beautiful animals. Gorgeous birds. Colorful birds. But there's something about you. There's a value you have that none of them have. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Man. A decorated being. A being in the nature and likeness of God. A being that was designed to function just like God. Let us make man in our own image. When the Bible says image there, it was not just like, let him look like us. Let him possess our ability. There's so much to you that you are yet to touch. That was why Jesus said, you know, I, I, I will go. And, you know, this beautiful is like a manufacturer who will release the product. And all of a sudden, the product is having difficulty. And he said, what do we need to do to get this product back to where it ought to be? This product is supposed to be a record-breaking product. It's supposed to be a product that will change the course of things. And now this product is going on the wrong track. And is willing to spend any amount of money just to have the product back on track. Ladies and gentlemen, man went off track. And God said, there's too much to man. I will not lose man forever. And it was such a costly redemption. The darling of heaven had to die. Not only did he become man, he died. He died. He was disconnected from heaven for a period just to have you back. Listen, that means there's something to you. Lift up your two hands and scream and say, There's something to me. 
Maybe that devil has been lying to you for, for weeks and months now saying there's nothing to you. I came here to tell you there's something to you. Can you jump up and shout there's something to me? I'm a valuable article. I have too much value to me. I have value. Jesus will not pay for something without value. Hmm, there's value to my life. Hey, that's why my, my life cannot just be about wake up 5 a.m., sleep 10 p.m., and all you do is drive, walk, come back. And now you are hoping you will retire one day and go back to the village where there's no stress and wait till you die. Ah. Lift up your two hands and shout, there is value to my life. I need you to scream it and I let every part of your being hear it. Say, there is value to my life. Scream it one more time. Say, there is so much value to my life. You may be seated. How do I know? Because if there is no value to your life, Jesus will not have had to die. They could have said, okay, let's create some new set of what? Creatures. Say, there will never be any creature like this one. These ones are just like us. Although their territory is art, but they are, they are our extension on what? On art. They came out of us. There was no animal that God breathed into. So anybody that compares you with chimpanzee, please fight him. Say, never in your life. If you try it, ah, you don't even know what I would do to me, chimpanzee. Chimpanzee does not carry the breath of God. The Bible says, and God breathed into their nostril. The hey, best thing there yet. God literally deposited his man to susubakateshe. Just because you are covered with this clay. Don't you think neighbor respect me? Don't allow this to deceive you. I carry God. Oh, you didn't hear me say, I carry God. Hey! He literally opened my mouth, boom, and he massacred. He said, A man became a living soul. His life was a direct product of the breath of God. We won't let him go. He has too much value. That's why he had to die. That's why he had to pay that much price. And here the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. He said that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. The reason why he went after me. The reason why he paid so much price for me. I want to attain unto it. I want to live in the fullness of it. I, I just, I, there, there's something special about me. I'm not ordinary. I carry something valuable. I don't run rat race because I'm not a rat. You know the amazing part is that he's not just general man, he's also unique for every individual. Every man here tonight 
every man on the face of the heart today carries an aspect of God. You carry some, 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 you carry some. And Jesus died to make sure that aspect of God that you carry can be realized. So I came here this, this few days. I mean, here this few days to help you realize that part of God you carry. Because once the height of understanding are lighting and you come into a revelation of the real you, boy, you wake up. You wake up. You wake up. You will redefine yourself. You will reprioritize your life. You will reset your goals. Because like, boy, I know the value of my life. There's so much value to my life. There are certain things I cannot get attached to any longer. I'm too much. I've become aware of myself. I know me. There is a value to me. So much value that Jesus could die just to have me redeemed. I want to lay hold. But in order to lay hold, I must press on. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't hear me. I must what? Press on. Because you are in an environment where there are so many obstacles, so many resistance, so many, so many things to want to stop you. And in the course of these three days, I'm going to share some of those things with you. So that you will, be, you will not be unaware of those things. So that you can shake off all those things and wake up to yourself. No matter what has been holding on to you, you will drop it. I'm speaking prophetically right now. You will drop it. He can answer. If it's a relationship, you will what? Drop it. See, I'm dropping it. I will not be held back from my destiny. I have a destiny to fulfill. Say with me, say I have a destiny to fulfill. And nothing will stop me. If you believe that, come on, shout amen. amen. To lay hold, you must press on. You must forcefully advance. Press on. To forge ahead in spite of the hindrances. Present towards the goal of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And there are a few things the Spirit of the Lord put on my heart to share with you. So I'm going to start. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. This is more than Asna supporters. Someone said, why do you have to be Asna? Why does he have to be Asna? Why not man you? More than man you supporters. I said, no, it's my city. I don't know what's your own. Do they share their profit with you? It's not, it's, it's not so sad. Some people will be fighting here in Nigeria. They don't even know you. They don't know you exist. Asna supporters are fighting Man City supporters. That's crazy. Wake up. So they say, do you know how, how much they sign our player? Your player. <laughs> As if you have shares in the company. Say, I don't know. When God needs, when God needs to leave our, leave our club. Your club. <laughs> It's not your club. 
And that's why I, become, I became smart a few years ago. I shared it in Chicago a few weeks ago, and people were just laughing all over the floor. I said, I woke up. Because as a young man, it's not my, it's not my fault. It's my father's fault. Started taking me to stadium since I was very young, 1975. So I became addicted to what? Football. So then in the bottom, shooting stars. High ICC. Those days before the three SC days. So I became, I remember 1983. Zamalek shooting stars. I nearly ran mad because of African Champions League. Ah, we, it was a year we thought. Balu Balu, Tafi, or whatever they call it that day, yeah. But it was Balu Balu indeed. Did. We lost. I was depressed for days. So eventually, God gave me a formula. He said, Since you like football, I will teach you how to protect your emotion. I don't know if you want to know the formula. The team that is likely to win is your team. <laughs> Last year, you want to know my team? Chelsea. This year is Man City. <laughs> like in fact, last year it was two teams, Chelsea and Real Madrid. This year is Man City. And that and I have the right to add it at any time. At least Man City has won the premiership. Have they no one? Uh, they've no one. <laughs> See there. <laughs> they gave that cup a long time ago. <laughs> There's no supernatural that can change this. <laughs> they have won, so it's my team. So by the virtue of the fact that they have won, is my what? Team. Whatever is born of God overcome the words. So the team that is overcoming is my what? My team. Now, deep inside, I still like Asna, but I have to protect my emotions. Anybody wear with me? It's too dangerous to support Asna every time. Eventually, when I came into a revelation that Asna is more of APC, Asna Poultry Club, <laughs> they breed it, they sell them. So I like, <laughs> so I needed to, I still like them, but I know how to switch my emotion. At times I'm supporting them, and it's like, ah, they're not likely to win this match. I just withdraw my emotion and put it in my pocket. Hallelujah to the Lord. I just become neutral. So I'm watching their match, neutral. And if they are likely to win again, I say, okay. Ah, yes, that's what we're talking about. I will not allow anybody to toy with my emotion. No, I don't know if you agree with my formula. I mean, why my team lost? Which team? They don't know you. So it's the team that is likely to win that is my team. But here we're talking about a supporters club that are not like me. They will never back out just because their team is misbehaving. They will stick by their team and see them win. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. He said, We are surrounded by what? A cloud of witnesses. Let us strip off and throw aside, the Amplified says, every weight. So there are weights that we will have to deal with if we are going to be effective. In this race, like I said earlier on, you were not just saved to go to heaven. You were saved to fulfill a purpose. Because if you are only saved to go to heaven, you should have been raptured or killed the day you got saved. Boom. At least you have made Jesus the Lord of your life. Heaven, sure. Boom. Escape. 
Just, you just be transported. Or get killed. I meet with Jesus. But he kept you alive. In fact, there have been several opportunities for your life to have been terminated that you missed. And you knew it was not you protecting you. He kept you. That means they said something to your life. Lift up your two hands and shout, I acknowledge. There's something valuable to my life. So he kept you this far because there's some precious, valuable, tangible thing to your life. But here he says, let us lay aside. Let us cast aside. Let us strip off and throw aside every weight. So there are definitely more than one. A few weights. Every one of them. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with patience. The word patience there or endurance there means consistency. Let us run consistently constant. Run with endurance. Run with an ability to deal with affliction and yet steadfast. The race set before us. Let us press on in this race in spite of the things we will have to deal with. I wish I could tell you this morning or this evening that there will be nothing to deal with. There will be plenty of things you will have to do or deal with. But God says you need to learn how to lay aside, set aside the weights, the hindrances. That will not let you run effectively. I declare in the name of Jesus that in the course of this conference, you will receive such help from God that from this conference, from, from, from this conference, the things that have been destabilizing your work with God, that have been destabilizing you in terms of fulfilling your purpose and, and, and running the race that God has set for you, I declare those things are going to be shaken off in the name of Jesus. effectively fulfill the mission of God for your life carry out the destiny that God has for you lay aside every weight somebody say every weight come on say every weight and I'm starting tonight with the weight of Earthly things. It's been an issue since the beginning of this year. You know, you know me of issue. Scripture union. Earthly things. Some of you have never had me preach on something like this before. Earthly things. And you know, when I'm talking about earthly things, I'm not just talking about materials. I'm talking about everything that has to do with this art. Including marriage. Hmm. Including career. Career is not evil, but it can be a weight. Come on, talk to me. Because it's possible that your career is conflicting with your destiny. Hmm. Hmm. 
There's something to your life that you don't, cannot afford to throw away just because you have to pay bills. You know, I'm a, I've had that experience myself. I know what it means for God to speak and say, do you know what? For you to fulfill what I've called you to do and run this race, I will need you to drop this. And what he's asking me to drop is not a sin. But as far as my assignment is concerned, is a what? A wait. Am I talking to somebody? Is a wait. For me, pharmacy degree was a wait. Ah, a good cause like that. Maybe not a wait for you, but for me it was a wait. I remember 2003 when the Lord came to me and said, Lord, count all things but what? Don't. And I knew what he was saying. Nothing is wrong with pharmacy. But for me at that point, God will have me let go of pharmacy as a profession. After spending six years in Ife, if you've ever been to Ife School of Pharmacy, you know what I'm talking about. That's not funny. But God said, let go of it. Let go. He said, I will take care of you, but now I need you to first of all drop this. How many people are holding on to things that they consider so precious, but is stopping them from fulfilling their precious destiny? Earthly things. You know, there's nothing on this earth that you are allowed to attach yourself to. I'm trusting God that after this conference, somebody's going to grow up so much that, you know, the way you see things on hearts will change. Your perspective. I don't know what I'm talking to. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. God says, I will need you to drop the idea of traveling out of this country. Because it's a weight in your life. It's what the enemy has used consistently to derail your destiny. You cannot see what God is saying because somebody planted that seed in you a while ago. That you, the way to make it is to travel. So since then, you have been pursuing the dream of traveling. So I said, what are you doing? I'm planning to travel. As if it's a course. How many of you have met people like that? And they have been planning to travel for seven years. They were planning to travel. Their mates entered university. They graduated. They were still planning to travel. Wait! Things that God did not plant. That have grown in you and have taken over your heart. So, athlete things does not necessarily mean material things. It just speaks of, you know, things that has to do with this environment. Athlete things. Like I said earlier on, including marriage. There are people that the enemy has used marriage to become their major source of distraction. Single lady, oh my God, what a wonderful season of your life. To be so devoted to the Lord, to be so focused. Now, your primary goal is to be found by a man. See, I'm just, I'm just positioning myself to be found. You don't get it. As great as marriage is, that thing you call marriage is only a shadow of the real thing. The real marriage is ending with Jesus. Are you listening to me? And that's why when you get to heaven with all your beautiful spouses, you are not allowed to touch them. 
Because you already have a husband. All of you, male and female, you're a wife. So you say, who's your husband? Jesus, have you not heard of the marriage of the Lamb? How can Jesus be married to you and somebody else will still be married to you? So this is just to give you a taste of heaven. So even if you don't go through this taste, the real taste is waiting for you in heaven. Why should you lose your destiny because of marriage? Ah, I must marry you. And so many people have joined themselves with demons. Come on, come on. Tell me, preach it well, preach it well. Am I preaching well? I just have to be married. Better go and, mar- go and talk to other women who have married demons before. They will tell you, it's not worth it. Oh. It's not worth it. And by the way, who told you age is the most important thing that qualifies you for marriage? Is it because age is inside marriage? Marriage. So age is the one pushing you to what? To marry. Age. Marriage. Calm down. It's not age. What makes marriage fun is when you find a covenant partner that can complement you. Every single lady in the house, I want you to, to make a covenant with God. Lord, I will not set you for what will not complement my destiny. Are you listening to me? I will not set you until I'm able to find that person. I'm not interested. Are you listening to me? And those of you that is about children, ah, children, children. Listen, gentlemen, children are great. But, but the whole idea of having children here is just to give you the, the image of what it means to be loved by a heavenly father is a type of the real thing. Children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. He just wants you to taste it. You, you, some of you, your life changed when you start having children. True or false? Something came out of you. It's like, wow. Nobody knew you could be that caring. All of a sudden, a hard man became a soft man because it came out of you. It's to give you a revelation of how much God cares for you because you come, you came out of him. So when he sees you, it's not with anger. I mean, so many times my wife has accused me of being soft. Where my children are concerned, he said, he did it, she did it. Scold him, scold her. I'll just be looking here. Why did you do it? And my wife is going and saying, ah, you're supposed to ask can't even, can't even imagine it. It's not as if I have not spanked my kids before, but I don't look forward. I don't know. It's when you are not a monster, why do you wake up and you are looking for an opportunity to beat? Children are not supposed to be beaten. They are not goats. Are you a child abuser? Just looking for an opportunity. Or maybe you are here, you don't, even, you don't just spank, you kick. Or you throw plates. No. But you know there are people like that. You have a demon. Children are to be cared for. They are to be loved. Children have been given to you to give you an image of how much you are loved by your heavenly father. And it's nice to have children. Don't get me wrong. But to now because you want to have children. Now get any monster on the street to marry you. 
have to, have to rock. Have to, we have children in this world. It's not worth it. Singleness is not a disease. Are you listening to me? And stop looking at people that are maybe they're in their 30s or their 40s that are not married. Stop looking at them as if, ah, ah, what's wrong with There's nothing wrong with them. In fact, they should be looking at you and say, ah, how are you doing it? <laughs> that was why Paul wrote to the people who, who, in the church. He said, listen, he said, even the ones that are married, he said, try to live as single. And the ones that are single, remain single and enjoy your singleness. Because of the kind of afflictions that they were subjected to at that time. Even Paul himself, did he marry? Is he a failure? Let me give you a revelation. The person that wrote most of the, most of the New Testament that you carry around was a single man. I know as a pastor I've been guilty myself and times before. Why have you not married? <laughs> then what? There are times that we the marriage is so overrated. Especially in our society, we blow it. Ah. And he's a very nice lady. I don't know. Hmm. What's um? Making it look like a sickness. It's not a sickness. Marriage is only beautiful when you find somebody to join with in covenant. A bunch of monsters joining with you in the more marriage. That's, that's a mess. You'll be shocked how many, how many people in heaven would, would, their story would be the reason why I could not fulfill my destiny is because of marriage. I married a what? Monster. I've seen cases of, you know, a, a, maybe somebody teaching in a church, maybe it's Sunday school, it's Sunday school class and you're just walking past and you, you just... Yeah, or trans, shy, hey, sweet, anointed. And I was on, I said, Lord, why is it only so this good that this sweet or trans is because of the entanglement? He said, He has reduced her destiny because of the person she married. So this is how far she can go. I declare marriage will not reduce you. Yeah. Can you imagine you are called to do what I'm doing? And you marry a woman who have no clue what it means to be an apostle. You are finished. She will make your life miserable. I know you are going out again. You are going out again. They are waiting for you. And I know ministers that go through all this stuff. Frustrated. Because they married too soon. They married the first one that came around and looked like it. What was not it? Earthly things. And some, even those of us that are married right, don't allow marriage to now become obstacle. What kind of testimony is this? Is that, oh, you know, before she got married, she was on fire. Now, she's water. What is that? I know, you know, you know, there's so much responsibility. We have to take care of the health plan. We have to take care of the children. In fact, my children have become my ministry now. Your life. See your mouth. Your children have become your ministry. Your mouth. 
So he's not about Jesus. Say, Jesus, you know, I really love you. But you know that marriage thing now. I got married and you know, you know. Wake up! Reset your priority. Set your affection on what is above. You know, the problem is this. We, we live as if this art is the rest of our lives. Lay up treasures for yourself where moat and rot cannot what? Corrupt. Reparatize your life. Don't make your life about earthly things. Career, marriage, assets, land in Lekki, land in Najah, land everywhere. Am I saying you should not get land? I'm not saying, am I saying you should not build a house? I live in a house. I don't live in a, in a cave. Don't get me wrong. But it's one thing to live in a house. It's another thing to be consumed by that, that thing. Your life is about you. Oh, yeah, I'm building a house in the village. That one is a topic on its own. I hope this generation has stopped. There's still some village boys. They live in Lagos. In a one room, in a one bedroom apartment. And a building mansion in the village. What's that? It's called funeral home. The day that house gets really maximized is when they die. Everybody will now gather around there and they will now bury them near the village village house. What kind of life is that? Sounds funny, but there are people that think that way. You know, there are people that live in America. I'm talking about African immigrants in America that they live like, they live like, what's the best word to use? They live in a very funny way because they send all their money here. Say, I'm setting up a business here. I'm building a house here. You are living there. And some of these smart here. (laughs) We are sending it. And they will be sending pictures to them. This is picture of someone else's houses. <laughs> Some of them, they have breakdown when the news come out live. Breaking news. <laughs> you have asked stories of even people whose parents defrauded them. Oh, for my life saving. I was living like a pauper in America just because I'm here. Why, why do you have to do that? Because you want to make an impression. I want to send a message. I'm doing well. Values, parities. Set your affection on what is happening. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. I have seven things to share with you. I might just be done with one today. We have a few more sessions to complete everything. Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. Are we there? (laughs) 
It says, if, they have, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things. The, the Amplified says, aim at and seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2 says, set your mind. Another translation says, set your affection on things above and not on things on the heart. Let's, let me lead you in this confession. Say with me. Say, I set my mind. I set my affection on things which are above and not things on heart. That's what it means to be a disciple. This is workers' conference. These are supposed to be disciples I'm talking to. We don't live for the things of this world. Do we get the things of this world? Yes. But the things of this world don't control us. Somebody say, how do I know whether you are being controlled by the things of this world? If you can be depressed because of things. You are controlled by things. When was the last time you saw somebody depressed because souls are not being won? I'm depressed. Why? I lost my job. Because your mind is on the things of this world. I'm depressed. Look at where I'm living. I'm still living at Jegule. All my mates are living at Lekki. To be nice to have a high house in Lekki. But why should that depress you? Do you really know you? You are a citizen of heaven. <laughs> some of the people living in heaven in Lekki now, they are going to where? you, you already settled in heaven no, no, no no. let's get things in perspective I'm not saying don't get a nice place, but you know, don't get to a place, to a point in your life that those are the things that weigh most on your mind nothing should be able to depress you nothing should be able to steal your joy or steal your peace as far as earthly things are concerned, I set my mind on that which is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's where my primary motivation is. I love my life because I'm already in Christ Jesus. How can I be seated with Christ Jesus and be thinking as if I have a low life? There are too many things to get excited on. The Bible says in Philippians, I believe Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, he said, he said, he said don't you know you are, your citizenship is of heaven? Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. I got to show you this. I love this. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. Media people, please, I need you fast, quick, quick, quick. Let me run Philippians 3 20 and verse 21. 20 and 21. Can I count on you? Okay. Verse 20. He says, but we are. Somebody say, I am. I can't hear you say, I am a citizen of what? Of, please, can you give me NKJV? Please, just give me Amplify when I ask for it. Because we'll start reading all this. Thank you. He said, for our citizenship, same for my citizenship, is in heaven, from which I also wait for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. The next verse. He said, Who we transform a lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Hey, 
Yashata A transformation is on my way. Let's assume you live 120 years here. Put 120 years over eternity. What does it come to? Zero. I want you to, 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 you know, the Bible says, they that have this hope in them purify themselves. One of the ways they, you know, they are purified because they, they don't have time focusing on those low things of life. And that will take me to the next point. Still talking about this, these earthly things. It's called covetousness. There are too many covetous Christians. What does it mean to be covetous? It means to want what is not yours. Somebody is giving a testimony about something that God has brought into his life and rather than rejoice with him, you are sitting down depressed. Lord, when is, my, when is mine going to come? Ah, you need help. Someone else's testimony is now your opportunity for depression. Why not rejoice in the things that God has given you? Paul said, I've learned both to be abased and to abound. Who am I talking to? I can do all things. I know my citizenship is not of here. This is a temporal place for me. In as much as I want to increase, I want the next level, I don't base my life on this. I don't rate me based on this. It's not where I live that determines me. I know my value. I know my value. I know my value. I'm not under pressure. Thank God for your testimony. But your testimony will not put me under pressure. My life is not determined by things. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. Ooh. Hardly things. Luke chapter 12 verse 15. And he said, take it and beware of covetousness. For once life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable of them saying, the ground of a, of a certain man yielded plentifully and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my bands and build greater and there I will store all my crops and my good. Look at him. Selfish. Everything is about him. My good, my store, my, oh my God, my band. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years carnality. Take your ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. But God said to him, fool. Hopefully there's no fool in this house. Fool. If that's the way you've been thinking. God says, fool. You don't get it. You're an abuser of life. You don't even know the reason for living. You just think it's about accumulating things. You think the life of a man is, it consists of the abundance of things. Is just storing up. Listen, the best way to live is to live beyond you. A life that is not based on you. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. My life is not my life again. It's his life. And this life is meant to benefit humanity. He said, I have an option whether to go be with, the, be with Christ or, 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 or to stay with you. He said, but I would rather choose to stay with you so that I can bring forth more fruit, so that I can be a blessing to you. That is living.
Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Why? Because you have abused life. Lift up your two hands and say, I will not abuse life. Come on, scream and say, I will not abuse life. So this tells you some people, one of the reasons that why they were called home prematurely is because they have been abusing life. It's like a manufacturer calling a product back. Say, okay, this is not what I created you for. You have been creating confusion. You are supposed to help. You are not helping. So come back home. What's the point? If this is the way you're going to leave. The fool, this night, your soul will be required of you. Then those, then whose will those things be? Look at that question. Who, <clears throat> whose will those things be which you have provided? I will see. Who will enjoy the things you have accumulated? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The point is not wealth but the point is a wealth that is directed at you alone lift up your two hands i say i'm not just rich towards myself i am rich towards god in fact you have no right to wealth if that wealth is not pointed to god wealth that is all pointed to you is an abuse of what wealth Fool! So why will God give us things? He will give us things so that we can use things to improve other people's life. So that we can use things to expand this kingdom. But not just live for things, build our life around things. Can do anything for things so that, ah, yes, we we'll have to be successful. At what cost? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? It's not worth it. What shall profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? It's not. Beware of what? Covetousness. Things. Oh, I want that. I want that. That is not living. That is abusing life. Somebody shout hallelujah. First John chapter 2 verse 15. First John. Some of you are going to fall in love with me afresh after this series. <laughs> because you're going to be set free. You're just going to enjoy your life in your room and parlor until God promotes you. You didn't hear me. I did not say you will be in that room and parlor forever. But there is a way you will enjoy that mood of room and parlor. And in room and parlor, you are the most excited person living in a room and a parlor. Even if you don't have a room, you are only sharing somebody's room. Or the way you will be so joyful, people will say, ah, is it the one that built the house? Because things don't move you. Turn to your neighbor say, from today, I will deny things on heart the opportunity to control me or control my emotion. Somebody shout hallelujah. They are just things. They say, ah, you are always happy. Did you win lottery? I want more than lottery. I want Jesus. 
I say, I want Jesus. Do you know what Paul says? He said, I call all things but done so that I may gain Christ. In other words, until you get to that place where you reprioritize and you place Christ that you have received above all the things of this world, you will not be able to take the full advantage of what he has to offer. Hey, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Meant to susu bakata shatabaya. Because of our pursuit of things, a lot of us have not been able to enjoy the fullness of Christ. Because you are too focused on things. Because you rate success in life by things. Earthly things is no value compared to what is offered in Christ. Say after me, say, my mind, my mind. elevates, elevates. ascends from the heartly realm to the realm of Christ. I say things, come on, say loud and clear, say, I see things as Christ sees things. Come on, scream and say, I see things as Christ sees things. <laughs> never depressed yeah. never anxious yeah. never disturbed yeah. <laughs> I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places that means I'm a citizen of what? heaven I'm a citizen of what? heaven nothing on earth moves me so when anything happens on earth I just look at her and say oh really? I'm still seated. And I'm not coming down from where I'm seated. I'm staying there. Anybody ready to stay there all the time? The weight of earthly things is a major weight. Is a major weight. Disturbed because of what? Earthly things. I want you to make up your mind in this conference. I will not allow earthly things to pull me down. I'm too, I'm too highly seated. To come down to earthly things. I will enjoy my life. This good life that Christ has given me. I will enjoy it. I will not stay in depression. I will not stay in anxiety. Any report they bring. I say, oh, is that all you have to say? Thank you. Ah, is that your reaction? Ah, what reaction? Are you expecting again? I said thank you. Ah, I thought it's a serious thing. I said thank you. I acknowledge it. But where I'm concerned, it's not that serious. I'm seated so high. Anybody here with me tonight? I'm seated so high to be depressed or disturbed about earthly things. Can you jump up and just rejoice in Christ Jesus right now? Oh, I said rejoice in Christ Jesus. I said rejoice in Christ Jesus. I said rejoice in Christ Jesus. I say rejoice! 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 Do you know what we have been doing before? We have been rejoicing in things. But the Bible says rejoice in the Lord forevermore. <laughs> so I say, oh, I'm happy, I'm happy. Why are you happy? Somebody give me a car. Low level joy. Why are you rejoicing? I'm in Christ Jesus. Seated <laughs> far above principalities and power. All power in heaven and on earth has been given. Oh, to my brother. My brother has shared it with me. I rejoice! I rejoice! 
you know those disciples came back to Jesus. They said, wow, we cast out demons. Oh, they bow to our authority. Do you know what Jesus told them? He said, don't rejoice because of those low manifestations. Rejoice because your name has been written in the book of life. That's the reason why we rejoice. I said, that's the reason. Come on. Break out in joy. I said, break out in joy. Make the devil mad tonight. Hey. 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 If it's Gary, you are going to drink tonight. Drink your Gary, rejoicing in Christ Jesus. You're on Okada. Your friend is driving a car. As you are looking at him, driving a car on your Okada, start rejoicing in Christ Jesus. Do you know the amazing thing? If you learn to do that, very soon, you will leave Gary Rem. Very soon, you will leave Okada Rem. And by the time you would have left those realms, wherever God promotes you to, will not get into your head. You will get there and you will still be rejoicing in Christ Jesus. Because you realize where you are already seated is still far beyond driving a car. It's far beyond being in first class. It's far beyond owning a plane. Is somebody listening to me tonight? I say rejoice in Christ Jesus. Elevate. That's why 2018 is called the year of divine elevation. So the first place of elevation is raise your mind. Raise your mind. You are already seated. Why are you acting like a poor man? Why are you like uh, acting like you are a, but nobody has asked me out. You are already engaged to Jesus. You know, there is such I'm speaking prophetically right now. But by the time that lady changes her position from looking like nobody's interested in me to a position of Jesus already engaged me. I'm already his bride. Hey, he's coming to marry me. Hey, hey, hey. The moment you take that mode and you forget about hey, Risi is engaged. Bola is getting married next week. And you get the mode I'm already engaged to Jesus. Oh, Risi, oh yeah, concerning your wedding, is there anything I can do to plan? Well, oh, concerning your engagement, oh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, they still say, maybe they didn't even know how to rejoice be, beside you before because they were concerned. All of a sudden, your attitude is like, oh, wow, let's do it. They say, oh, why are you this bobbing? He said, I'm already, oh, you are getting engaged now. It's about you, but I'm okay, I'm okay. And the reason why you are still okay is, oh boy, I'm fixed already. Oh, I'm fixed already. Beyond this earthly thing called marriage, there's a real marriage I'm already set for. Why will I be disturbed because a man has not asked me out? Why will I be disturbed because a woman said no? The next time somebody says no, you just say, Jesus said yes to me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't be like me. When a woman said he was not going to marry me in 1990, I wanted to die because of a woman. We were in a relationship for a few months and some people spread some rumors about me. And he said, I don't want to do it again. Just leave my room. Ah! I left more than me all that day. I see somebody at a car has eat me. I didn't even know how I got to sports or I lied down on my bed for about three days like a dead corpse. Just because of a woman said, you will not marry me. Uh-uh. I'm already engaged to Jesus. 
Uh, uh, it's okay. If you don't want to marry me, I'm fine. Boy, this early low-level marriage thing. Uh-uh. It's okay. I'm fine. That is the attitude. Yes, sir. I declare tonight, all the weight you have been carrying until now, that have not allowed you to focus on your race. Can you see all the weights you have been carrying that have not allowed you to press on where your race is concerned? I see those weights being lifted away from you forever. Weight of earthly things. Earthly things. Earthly things. Our citizenship is of heaven. Eternity is eternity. There is no hand to hit. Just because of 70 years, 100 years, more than 20 years. Uh Uh-uh. I'm already seated with Christ. Boy. No. God told the reason. He said there's not been enough teaching of heaven in the body of Christ. And that's why there's too much carnality. Because people's hope is yeah, you will make it. Amen. You will buy a limousine. Amen. That is what all the hope they have. You will marry before the end of this year. Amen. <laughs> you will give back to triplet. Amen. Is there anything wrong in all those things? No. Listen, listen, can I be real with you? One of the reasons why I only have two kids is because I don't want to wait. I'm being sincere. I don't want to wait. I know what God has called me to do. And I know I can't be changing diapers now. You want to go to nations? <laughs> he has poo-poo. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. I know I'm fruitful. I don't have to have 10 children to prove I'm fruitful. I am fruitful. So there was a time my wife said, Let's go another way. I said, "Ah, Please. I'm on my knees. Please. Please. It's not as if I don't like children. Why I will not suspend my destiny just because I want to have a house full of children. And there are already children that need fathers like you. Can you imagine I stay away from you because I'm changing that pass in Chicago? So Papa, thank you, Jesus. He said, don't give that to a lot of them so that they can take care of you later in life. Don't worry, God will take care of me. I said, ah, this funny, you know, when a lot of children just come to the house. Ah, won't you come to my house? In fact, the reason why I'm now giving my address out is because I don't want you to bombard my house. If I ask all of you to come to my house, won't you come? Uh, said, oh, my house will not, you know, when you live in purpose, yes, when you run the race, 
your sons will come from afar. Are you listening to me? Your sons will come from what? From afar. So having children can become a distraction. Some people are obsessed with big family at the expense of their destiny. The race God has called you to run, you can't run it again. Because you are busy having children. I'm not against a big family. But for some, it is what? Distraction. Earthly things. My mind is set on heavenly things. My mind is set on heavenly things. Say with me, say, my mind is set on heavenly things. Do you know what this revelation will do to you? It will set you free. It will set you free. All of, some, some people, all they use their faith for are things. Very selfish use of faith. Your church has a project. It does not bother you. Is that your house you want to build? This is my faith for my house. You withdraw your faith from your pastor's faith because you are too focused on your own house. Say, let me focus on everybody for himself. Sit down, sit down. Go for a very demonic saying. Very, very demonic saying. Philippians chapter 2. Are you loving this teaching? Is it sounding as you? It's as you. I'm an issue in 2018. Philippians chapter 2 verse 20. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 20. Philippians 2 20. It says, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. That was Paul speaking. He wanted to send somebody that could help with the work at Philippi. And he said, there's a problem. Everybody's distracted. Everybody cares about himself. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Lift up your right hand and say, I seek the things which are of Christ Jesus. Not mine. Not mine. I don't live Unto myself. The life which I now live. I live by the faith of the son of God. And you think the faith of the son of God. Is only designed. For you to have things. Paul said in Philippians 3, he said, I count all things but rubbish that I may gain Christ. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world. Give me that scripture. Some of you have not meditated on it for a long time. 1 John 2.15 1 John 2.15 
love not the world. Now, I want you to personalize it. You know how to personalize it? One, two, three. Love the world. All the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is nothing. In other words, when you set your affection on earthly things, it displaces your capacity to love the things of God. Do we need things? Yes. But do we need to love things? No. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the Bible says? In Matthew chapter 6, he said, I know the things that you have need of. I'm not an irresponsible father. I will make sure you are clothed. I will make sure you have a good place to live in. I will make sure you have food on your table. I will make sure your children are taken care of. I will make sure your transportation is taken care of. I will make sure every aspect of your life is taken care of. But love not the world. Let me take care of you. Don't be attached. Don't be driven by these things. Let me be your driver. Am I in a set of Christ? That's all I see. All I see is Jesus. Jesus. I'm consumed with Jesus. I'm obsessed with Jesus. I'm taken over by Jesus. I'm prioritizing on what? On Jesus. Jesus is on my mind. Can we say this together? Say, Jesus is on my mind. Say it again. Say, Jesus is on my mind. Get on your feet, everybody. Imagine I have several of these to share with you. I've only shared one. Have you been blessed tonight? Jesus is on my mind. (laughs) So when I'm rejoicing, I'm not just rejoicing because somebody said yes to me. I'm rejoicing because my name has been written in the book of life. I'm rejoicing because I'm already a citizen of what? Heaven. Hey, I'm rejoicing. You never see me in a service depressed because my consciousness is on Jesus. Somebody say, your shoe is torn. Then what? I'm still seated in heavenly places. But your wife is mad. Don't worry. She will get over it. Some of us allow our marriage to get to us. And if the devil knows that, he will press the button of your spouse all the time. Say, your spouse, I love you. But you know, baby, no. I'm not going to lose myself because of you. I'll be praying for you. But I will rejoice. <laughs> Let her get mad. Let him get mad. After a while, we will come to incenses or senses. Or maybe you are here. You have issues with some of your children. And every time you are worried. Ah, no way. No way. No way. No way. I want my children to do well. But I'm not going to lose myself because of the affliction my children are going through. I rejoice in Christ Jesus. I rejoice in Christ Jesus. <laughs> my name is written in the book of life. I'm seated in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers. <laughs> Mights and dominions. <laughs> I rejoice! 
I don't need another miracle to rejoice. I have Jesus. Paul was looking for somebody to send to the Philippines. He could not find any. Because everybody was selfish. People with callings upon their life. Are you here tonight? There's a call of God upon your life. But because of earthly things, you will not obey that call. It's not worth it. Someone said, how do you know? I've been around long enough to know. I remember one of our pastors today. Who's pastor in one of our churches. Outside the country. Several years ago, they got to a city. And they called me. Before then, they have been running away from me. You know, there's a way people can be dodging. Because they know, you know me now, I will come straight. They've been dodging. So after a while, they now call me. Say, ah, daddy, you're fine. We're in this city. Say, God bless you. What, what are you calling for? Say, eh, hey, can you recommend any church for us to go? Yes, I don't know what to I said, shame on you. Say, with all the training, I know how much training I put in you on campus. Now you are asking for a church to attend. Then shame on you. Yeah, but we have visited some churches. You can't find any joy. I said the reason why you can't find any joy is because that church is inside of you. Today they are pastoring a vibrant church. They woke up. They said, what do I do? I said, fly to Chicago. Come for training. Go and plant a church. The, plant, the church is doing well today. Do you know they could have been the hallelujah in one church serving in counseling department when they are supposed to be the one counseling. The counselors. Say, wake up! So you think I'm going to spare you? So come over. I know it's in you. And there's something about the call of God upon my life. I have the ability to pick up capacities. Say, so I need. You can pastor a church. You have never pastored a church before, but the calling is on you and you have received the training. You just need to reprioritize. You need to see their church. Very healthy church. Very sound church. I've been there this year. And they were looking for a church. Latin at the time. So that church is in you. Some of you, you are carrying congregation, mega church in you. But you are too focused on earthly things to see the mega church. Everybody for himself. Ah, eternity is waiting. Oh. When are you going to wake up and fulfill the destiny? When are you going to let go? Some of you think some people are born pastors. Some people are not born pastors. Your DOP today, director of operations today. <laughs> when I was going to ordain him, some people thought it was a major mistake of my life. I'm about, a major blunder that was about to come in. Ah, today. Even his wife did not think he was called initially. He didn't look it, but it was in him. Am I lying? Not deep enough. That's what she thought. We have stories to share today. There's something in you. You only need to refocus. I won't lie to you. When he stopped, started walking away from accounting, I was concerned myself. Because I just thought, okay, we do accounting and we do ministry. That was what I saw. So, you know, I need to let go of this thing. Ah. I didn't even know that it's this much. And I remember several years ago, he came to the state and did all the people to him and he said, Ah! Child, even more than what I saw is there. Hey! 
we are hiding around earthly things. When are you going to wake up? I'm not saying everybody is supposed to be a pastor or a senior pastor. I'm only saying wake up to you. Run your race. What's the reason why Jesus paid for you? Let it count. Are you listening? The reason why he paid for you, let it count. Not running around, trying to make money, trying to do something he has done well for himself. He has built the house. Then what? I rejoice in Christ Jesus. Fine, maybe if you go for Christ, you might not be able to build all the houses you would have loved to build. But you will be able to build lives. You know, one of the things we need to learn and we need to teach in the body of Christ is godly content. The Bible says it's of great words gain. Satisfied with your level of things. And keep on rejoicing in Christ Jesus. And as you keep on rejoicing in Christ Jesus, it will take you from one level to another level. But if you are the one promoting yourself from one level to another level, you will promote yourself at your own expense. And stop comparing yourself with people that promoted themselves. Enjoy your divine promotion. The first thing is you've got to allow your mind to to wear where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Where your affection are on Christ. Where you are just satisfied and content in Christ. They're just bubbling everywhere. <laughs> I say, why are you always laughing? I'm in Christ. Why will I not laugh? <laughs> are you trying to say there's nothing going on in your life? I'm in Christ. In spite of all things going on in my life, I still laugh because I'm what? I'm in Christ. Because all the things going on in my life, they are low level. The Bible talks about the one that found the treasure, jewels, and he sold everything because he found the most precious. That should be that attitude of a Christian. You found Christ. Sell everything. Transfer all your assets to Christ. The early church got that revelation. That was why, you know, Christ had so much preoccupied them that they were willing to sell their things. Just give. Hey, crazy people. They were just giving. And I believe God that before Jesus comes back, I will see a church, a strong church, in the body of Christ, that we get to that place. That's it. Okay, you need it. You need an accommodation. Take it. I can afford seven accommodation. I can't live in seven houses. Stay there. I'll be fine. Stay there. More sotaba. Nobody has need in church. We take care of each other. I'm not in the business of hoarding things. Things don't define me. You need it. I can afford it. I give it to you. In the first place, why God gave me excess is because God knows you'll be coming. And now that you're around, take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. I, I remember several years ago, one of my sons bought a van. And I was concerned. You're a single man. I said, why did you buy a van? He said, because 
there are a lot of people around me that needs rights to church. Ah! That touched me. And you wonder why God bless some people. Why will, if you are God, won't you promote that person? A single man that wants to buy seven-seater. Or is it eight-seater now? He said, because there are plenty of people in my neighborhood. I can't buy a regular car now. I need to carry as many as possible. Ah! He moved into a house, bigger, two levels, and several church people are living there. Say, they need, ah, it's, that's, the, that's the kind of heart. Am I talking to somebody tonight? And Pastor said there's a project. Okay, okay, okay. How much do we have in account? We have five million in account. Do we need to know the five million? Okay. We can deal with three million. Look at your wife. And by the time you are looking at your wife, you already, your wife already picked up the signal. So they are supposed to be three million. That's what I was speaking. That's that. And, and I say this with all humility. That's how I do. Give to this ministry more than anybody. This ministry more than anybody. Why? I'm not in it to be enriched. Sometimes you even look at my account, it's like, ah, Pastor, it seems you don't have a lot of accounts. Because I've moved it around. Some people need it now. And I know I cannot stop. I have too much investment. Not just in things, not just in property, in you. Will you allow me to stop? I was talking to one of my sons that I just set out in ministry today. And he was saying, oh yeah, we have been having issues with venue because Lagos has become so expensive. We want to charge 35,000 naira per hour. And allow, allow, allow the husband and wife to talk after they were done. I'm talking about this afternoon. He said, you don't say yes. He said, I will pay for six months. And it's not a king's or church. We are with people this morning. We are going to start. There's only I'm preaching to you that I'm not living. Really? Lay up treasure for yourself. I'm sold out. Sold out. Sold out. You know you need to consecrate yourself tonight. You've been distracted by earthly things. Come join me on this altar right now. Just come, 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 come. You know you've been distracted by earthly things. Come join me. Just come, 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 come. You need to consecrate yourself. There's something called consecration. Consecration. Running around for things, living for things, making your life about things. 
things, 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 things. I can get more. Let me get more. What do I need to do to get more things? Oh, I need to take care of myself. You're on fire when you're on campus. Now you're in city. And the city spirit has grabbed you. I want you to consecrate yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, help me to reset my priorities. I want you to be sincere and real before the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. I don't want to run around for things, live for things, make decisions for things. I don't want things to control my life any longer. Be glorified, be glorified in my life. Oh 
Say with me, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I reset, I reprioritize my affection on you. With those hands to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue tomorrow morning. It's time to recalibrate. It's time to refocus. It's time to get our priorities right. God bless you. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.